Thank you for tuning into Making It in the South Sound, the Chamber's podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the generous support of Amazon. Hello, I'm Andrea Ray, President and CEO of the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber. Today, we're thrilled to welcome our guest hosts, Shante Riles, Chamber member, Chamber ambassador, and owner of Poppin Notary, and Roth Baugh, chamber member and owner of Ba La Family Group. Please enjoy this podcast and don't forget to subscribe. Hello, I'm Jeff Seufer. I'm the creative director here at the Chamber, and I am with Shante Riles. Yes, my name is Shante with Poppin Notary. And Raf Ba. My name is Raf. I'm Light, founder of Balake Family Group, co-founder of Bajalo African Import. Good to see you guys. And we are here with Burhan Sela. He is, what would I guess, what would you call yourself, a serial entrepreneur? Yeah, let's go with that. I've eaten at Owl's Hot Chicken, Chicken when they just opened up. You had opened up like, I think I saw it on the news or some article like that that you had it open. I was like, it was packed. Took about 30, 40 minutes. It was good, though. <laughs> Where'd you find hot chicken at? So uh, I, I lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was, I've lived most of my life here in uh, Tacoma, but I moved over there uh, for a couple of things. And while I was there, uh, Al's Hot Chicken was in Los Angeles, and I kept going over there. It was very, very good. And then eventually when COVID happened, you know, everything was shut down couldn't really go out and most of my family and friends were here in Tacoma so I decided to move back here and like a month later I'm like man there's no Al's hot chicken here so uh, I called up Al and I already had I was already doing marketing uh, for Al's hot chicken okay Uh, like they hired my marketing company to to do marketing for them and I just said hey like what do you what do you say we bring in here to to Washington and he said you know what yeah let's make it happen so um, wow okay so wait a second let's back up for a second so Wait, you got Al's Hot Chicken, you got a marketing company? Yeah, Clients Near Me. Okay, Clients Near Me. And then you, what else do you have? Uh, Water Rentals. Yeah. It's a kayak compatible rental company in Bonnie Lake. And then uh, Outdoor Recreational Gears, which is a ski shop on 6th Ave. Ski rentals and ski sales. I mean, I, I can give you like a rundown. Yeah, 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 yeah let's do that. Yeah, yeah, you go. So, I mean, I guess you could say essentially everything started in high school. Uh, I went to Wilson High School, which is now called Silas High School. I kind of just, a lot of my friends were much older than me, right? They're in their 30s uh, or they're in college. And I was kind of seeing their lifestyles and what they were doing uh, far ahead of mine, right? So I'm, I'm kind of seeing what they're doing and I'm like, okay, do I really want to do the same thing? You know, I kind of saw the path that they took and I knew if I took the same path, I would end up in the same way. And not to say that their life was boring or anything, but it just, it wasn't something that I wanted to do, right? I didn't want to have a nine to five job. I didn't want to have, I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to be a business owner. So, um, at that time I was just kind of like trying to come up with ideas, uh, of what to do. And I didn't really know how to get started. I kind of had this notion that, you know, I have, I probably have to be 30 years old to start a business, but eventually, um, I was sitting in class and my teacher was going over this newspaper saying, uh, there's this program called the Young Entrepreneurs Academy 
And uh, that was a light bulb to me. I was like, oh, I can, you know, I can go to that program and they'll teach me, you know, the, the ins and outs about, about the business. And it started at 5 a.m., right? So it was actually right before school. So we had to, and it was at Stadium High School. So I'd have to go to Stadium. And then uh, we had this class. Uh, they would teach us about, you know, how, how to start a business, um, how to write a, a business plan, how to do your elevator pitch, how to find your suppliers, how to find your vendors, all that good stuff. Um, prior to that, I was, I was doing, I was trying to do it on my own, but I think going to that program kind of just made it more clear on what to do next. And from there I started, uh, while I was, so I was going to that program and then I was going to high school after that. And then I was doing running starts. So I was, I was going to TC after that. And then after that I would go to, to work at Little Caesars. And then after that I would work on the, the business. So that's, that's how I was able to find time wow. for it. I, you kind of, you kind of just, yeah, you know, decide, do you really want to go hang out with friends or do you want to work on your business? You just kind of right. make that decision on your own. So my business was chocolate sticks. It's this candy that I had from back home that I wanted to bring back. And essentially they helped me find a chocolatier to help me make the chocolate. They helped me find um, a, a packaging company. Uh, all that good stuff, business plan, and even funding, right? We got to pitch our um, our business to in front of banks, and they just... That was through the Young Entrepreneurs? That was, okay. that was through the program. And the banks didn't really want a stake of your business. They were just there like, hey, you know, you have a good idea. Here's some money to get started. Um, was it a loan or, or a grant? A grant. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's uh, wow. You, had, you had to prove, you know, that you actually used it for the business receipts right. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I didn't get the most funding. I mean, someone had a cooler business than mine, but you got enough to get started, right? Um, anyways, uh, I, I got this, uh, I sold it at like local parks, uh, started selling it in a couple of gas stations. Uh, but then <laughs> I, I wanted, I, I kind of, I knew I wanted to do something different. Um, it was just like, I think food, like when I, it was, it was really daunting to me to know that I had to have like a, a FDA approval kitchen and all that stuff. And I'm just like, Man, I'm still in high school. I don't. I can't afford a kitchen and all that. So, I was like, "What is what is something that I can do?" Um, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I can't open up a restaurant. That's expensive. But I can I can do kayak rentals. Maybe I can buy up a kayak. Maybe maybe a few kayaks and go rent them." So, and I never had any experience in the kayak industry. So I I, I knew because you know what? I'm just gonna save some money working at Little Caesars. Saved a few thousand dollars. I got a buddy of mine to get involved to you know put more money in, and we went and bought you know six kayaks. Um, and then we started submitting uh, requests for proposals uh, for, uh, for, for through the state to, to get at least one park where we can rent our kayaks. And we ended up getting a park all the way up north in Port Orchard. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> the first month, no customers. Right oh, after right. we opened, we got our business lesson and everything, but there was no customers. But uh, we, I started marketing it, posting it online, and eventually we did like a, a whole week of free kayak rentals uh, to get people to come in. And that got a lot of shares online. It made us busy. Eventually, we tried to expand to a second location. Um, and then a year later, uh, I ended up expanding on my own in Bonnie Lake and opening that location. And then from there, you can see like, okay, we had more customers coming in, money was coming in. And essentially, I could make enough money in the summer to last me throughout the whole year until next summer. But now, did you have employees at this point? Or I did. It, okay. Yeah, we had employees. Um, now, so we've been two years in the kayak rental business. Um, everything was, you know, everything was flowing. We had employees. Things were going smooth. Um, and then at, the only thing that bothered me was that in September we had to close down because it was seasonal. So um, I decided, you know what, let me do something where I can be year-round. 
and I got into marketing. I bought up a course, uh, taught myself, um, and I even moved to Los Angeles. Um, I was going there for college, right? But also, a big factor of it was to kind of remove myself from the current distractions here back home. Uh, you have a lot of friends hitting you up, wanting to do certain things, and, you know, go go hang out, go watch a movie and all that. And I just said, okay, you know what, it's probably going to be best for me to remove myself and go somewhere far. And I did that. Um, I was able to find uh, very good landlords. Uh, you know, they put me in a really nice place at a very good cost. Um, so it was a huge blessing. And at the same time, I was doing uh, deliver. I was doing Uber Eats and DoorDash and whatnot, you know, to keep, keep the money coming in. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, working on the marketing company. Um, and then once that kind of took off, and the marketing companies, you know, we're helping businesses online uh, get their word out, um, especially like, you know, dentists, uh, towing companies and whatnot who rely a lot on, you know, customer calls through coming in online. That's what we help the most on. And when that took off, uh, I was able to, so when the summer came back around, I was opening my kayak business and, you know, I had so much experience in marketing. We ended up doing like 10x that year. So we hired, you know, we went from hiring, say, like two, three employees to 30 employees over the summer. Wow. And um, then again, you know, the summer ended. Yeah. I don't mean to interject, but uh, like when you started your kayak business, how did you find out like, yo, let me go through the state and find out to get, you know, to get to these parks and all that? Yeah. So it's. I just did a lot of calling. Like, I would just call up a park and say, hey, um, you know, the park ranger would answer. I'm like, hey, can I rent kayaks there? And they would say, you know, just uh, you'd have to go through this, through the state. Um, and I'm like, okay, how do I get in contact to the state? That's in the head, you know, state headquarters in Olympia. Went down, wore a suit and everything, looked clean. Went down to the headquarters, like, hey, I want to rent <laughs> I kayaks at your park. Like, yeah, well, you have to uh, submit a proposal, and we'll see if we can get it approved. Um so then I'd, I'd go ahead and I'd say, okay, can you show me where I can find that? And then just kind of taught myself how to submit a proposal, mm. uh, essentially. But, you know, it's just kind of like you learn every single day. Yes. There isn't really, uh, there wasn't really someone there to tell me exactly what to do. You just kind of, if you really want to, if there's a will, there's a way, right? Yes, so indeed. you just kind of like Google, okay, how do I submit this form? How to make it look good? And, um, you know, I think first impression does matter too. So like going in there and dressing up in a suit makes at least makes me look reliable um i'm not just a little kid you know wanting to do this random thing that came up to mind but i don't think they even ever asked for my age um because i feel like if they did they probably went like you're too young i was was like 17 18 years old but um we just submitted it made it look professional and and it got approved that's where that's wonderful yeah it is but even for so for bonnie lake uh, this, uh, this gentleman was renting, uh, his kayaks in Point Defiance in Tacoma. And I, I took him as my mentor. I was like, Hey, can you please help me in this kayak venture that I'm going in? And he was teaching me like, you know, how to pretty much how to run the business. And then eventually when he, uh, when he moved to Bonnie Lake, uh, a year later, he didn't want to, he was, he was retiring. Um, so he said, Hey, Perhan, do you, do you want to buy, buy me out? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So we got on a payment plan, bought him out in Bonnie Lake. So there we, ha- you know, that's when, you know, a huge expansion was happening is was in Bonnie Lake. And then we had the, uh, the, uh, the concession stand as well that helped. Mm-hmm. And we were selling a lot of kayaks too. Um, so, you know, for people who wanted to buy them. Would you, when you tell your story, right, 
one thing that I that I recognize is a pattern of uh, focus. I see that. I see determination. Most importantly, I see um, a will to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? How did you get that? Was that instilled for, uh, from from childhood, or you well, know, how did you get that? Yeah. So my dad is a huge believer in like that. You've got to be dependent on yourself. You know, like at a very early age, you can't be. Uh, you got to be. Uh, you can't depend on other people, right? You got to be independent. And he instilled that in me very early on. So, like, one of the things that I'll never forget that he told me at an early age was when I got in college, I mean, in high school, uh, freshman year, he said, hey, just so you know, I'm not going to pay a single dime for your tuition, and you are going to go to school. So he said, you better figure it out. You know, whether that's scholarships or getting a job right now and paying it for yourself. So to me, that kind of, it kind of, I was like, okay, you know, my, it was like my back's against the wall and I have to figure out this way. There's no other way to do it. You know, I can't get money from uh, my brothers or anything. This I just had to figure it out. And that's when I started thinking, okay, how can I make this affordable? Obviously scholarships. I said, I gotta, you gotta get good grades to get scholarships. And uh, I spent the most amount of my time with my advisor. My, and my advisor said, Burhan, no one in this school uses me as much as you. And I'm really... This is kind of, he said, it's kind of sad because I have so many different scholarships that, you know, everyone can qualify for, but no one's taking advantage of it. And he said, you're taking advantage of every single scholarship there is. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I haven't, I I never had to pay for college. What was your first business? Uh, okay. Like the very first. Yeah. Like I'm talking about like as a kid or anything like that. As a kid. Yeah. Uh, store to door. Door to door, yeah. No, store to door. Store, store to door. door. Yeah. Okay. So, so think long ago before Uber Eats, DoorDash, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I always wondered why don't okay like Domino's delivers. You know all these pizza places deliver. Why doesn't like McDonald's, Taco Bell, KFC? Why don't they deliver? Why doesn't Safeway deliver? Why doesn't uh, Costco deliver? So, I was like, you know what? This is you know I just had a bike right. I'm like uh, 15, 16 years old. Uh, I'm like, okay. So, I went on Microsoft. And I put my logo store to door, Burhan Sela, my phone number and my email. And I copied and pasted that, you know, 20 times over the, my, that document, printed it and cut it up. Wasn't straight cuts, <laughs> but that was my, that was my business card. I took my bike and I went from house to house saying like, Hey, if you ever want Taco Bell delivered or Safeway or whatever, anything delivered, call me. Um, and I also went to, to restaurants. I would say, Hey, look, if anyone wants their food delivered, call me, I'll, I'll deliver it. Um, and I, and then it hit me once too. I was like, Oh, you know what? Who probably need things the most delivered is senior. So I'd go to these senior homes and I'd say, Hey, if you ever need anything delivered, uh, call me and I'd knock on every single door and give them my card. And, um, one lady, she started, she laughed at me and she's like, um, honey, she said, how, if I, if I needed groceries delivered, how are you going to deliver them? I said, oh, okay, so I'll get my bike and, uh, you know, I'll get your order, whatever it is, and I'll go to Safeway or Fred Meyer, the closest store next to you, and I'll get all the groceries, and uh, I'll just put them on my bike, you know, see if I can catch a bus, you know, even closer to you, and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll bring them over to you, and at that point, she, she laughed, and she just kind of knew, she's like, this kid doesn't really know how hard it is going to be to do that, I mean, think about it, to carry groceries yes. on a bike, yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> and uh, she said, I'll make sure to call you if I ever need anything, never got a call from her, never got a call from anyone. Coming up, what was your family like? Do you have brothers, sisters? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so I, I, I was born in Yemen, and then, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a great time living there with, uh, as a kid, you have a really good time living, and you're always outside, you're playing and whatnot, but I, I didn't really, you know, as an adult, though, it's going to be really hard to make it out there, right, to, to take care of your family, to have a good job and whatnot, it's going to be really hard, and my dad realized that very early on. When he was 17 himself, he realized that, okay, there's not really going to be a huge opportunity here. So he did everything he can to come to America. And, uh, you know, when he finally came here, uh, he worked, you know, pretty hard to be able to buy us a house and bring the whole family here. So when we finally came, it was kind of like you get to see how much easier everything is in the U.S. And you kind of uh, you kind of feel privileged, too, when you're here, right, As especially as someone who came from that country. And... When I arrived here and I seen all the opportunities that are possible, like America, you know, over 300, almost 400 million people live here. It's it's so easy to, to start a business. I think I just, and, and then I, I think back to my country and how hard it is it would be to do it over there. That was a huge, you know, uh, motivator too. Uh, but I mean, even in my family, like, every, like, just like I said, my dad was just, he, he's not the, He's not like, hey, you know, dad, I need a car. Yeah, here's, here's a car. Dad, can you pay for my, I need a phone. I never had a phone until I was, after, after I graduated high school. I bought my own phone, bought my own car, you know. I had to do it all, everything on my own. So that was, in, and the reason I mentioned that is just because he was teaching me how to take care of myself, right. Mm-hmm. right? So when I stepped out, it wasn't like this huge surprise, oh, you know, in life, no one pays for you. You know, that was, uh, I think that was a big part of it too. Reading books helped a lot, like Think and Grow Rich. Definitely. That kind of puts in that mindset, right, that whether, you know, like Henry Ford said, whether you can or can't, you're right. And uh, I think that's something that a lot of people don't know about is that, you know, they, they always think that they can't do something. And they're, in a way, they're telling them their brain and their conscious that they can't, subconscious, exactly. that they're not able to do something. And they don't do it. But, other, you know, the other way around is, is if you say you can and you start living it like you're, in a way, you've already achieved it. That helps. It just makes it, in a way, it removes all the worry, all the stress, and you just think, okay, I can do it. There's, there's nothing stopping me. I, I can definitely do this. So it, it helps a lot to make that decision, you know, and, you know, just to kind of keep, you have to repeat it every single day or else it doesn't work. Subliminal messaging. Yes. How, how did you, how did you come across those books? Was it uh, someone who was coaching you or you just? Yeah. So I was, uh, I knew that I, I knew that I didn't know everything and uh, I, I bought, uh, you know, I, I would buy these courses, you know, there, there's these mentors that are teaching them. And I've noticed every single one of them repeated the same thing. Like, yeah. hey, wh- whatever you think, you know, whatever you tell yourself, that's what's going to happen. And all these YouTube videos, too, was, they all repeated it. So I, you know, I, I read even more into it. I was, you know, I was kind of just diving. I was diving really deep. And it was really hard to get that mindset, like, I'm talking like every morning I'd wake up 30 minutes and I would just repeat these things that I'd have to tell myself. Affirmations. That's Affirmations, yep. And I'd do it again at night. And, you know, in the beginning you feel like, this is crazy. What am I doing? That's what I was about you know? to ask yeah. you, right? Because when you're doing the affirmations, right, your subconscious is p- deeply programmed mm-hmm. by your, your, all of these different things. You're repeating these things, and your subconscious is sitting there like, nah, come on, man. Yeah. I'm rich. I'm this. Your subconscious is sitting like, no, you ain't. Relax. <laughs> exactly. Chill. No. But you don't, you, if you're not aware of it for the first time, there's a subconscious mind, mm-hmm. you don't know that the subconscious mind is there. Yeah. And it's actually, those are the voices. Yeah. Sometimes it's emotions. Yeah. Emotion, which is energy, emotion. Yeah. So, 
You have these things. You sitting in the mirror. You watch a guru telling you, "Yeah, you just gotta repeat them yeah. with conviction." And your subconscious being your, no, you ain't rich. Yeah, man, you ain't <laughs> cut. You ain't cut like that. Stop it. How was that, man? How was I'm that fight? Honest. Honest. I'm gonna be honest. If I didn't hear pretty much every single successful person say the same thing, I would have never done it. It just felt mm-hmm. crazy. I felt like I'm like this is lunatic. Like you, 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 you just tell yourself this and you think it'll happen. Obviously, you have to work hard for it, but I'm just like, there's no way. But um, I mean, I think after just reading it everywhere, I just said, okay, this has to work. So, and do you still do it? I oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> I gotta say, um, I ever since I started this, I've never stressed anymore. Right, so anything could happen. Literally, you could go and shut down my restaurant right now. You could shut down every company I had. You could do anything. Never doesn't worry me at all. Like it, it right? Because. You know, when you start stressing, you're not, stress doesn't do anything. It doesn't help. It doesn't make the situation better. It just makes things worse. So, in a way, the kind of the way I live my life is that everything's already written, right? Everything's already gonna happen, right? What, what's what's gonna happen in the future is gonna happen. You can't really change it, no matter how many times you stress. And uh, being able to tell yourself that it's okay and that you should just move forward, you know, it goes back to those affirmations when you're telling yourself, "I'm successful. I'm successful." You know you know, so and so and telling yourself that it's okay and that it happened for the better. Like it's, it's, it's good that it happened in a way, any bad situation, I just see, okay, it's good that it happened. There's gotta be a good reason for it. So that's helped a lot with stress. There is a way to do that, to be, to, to help you become disciplined. So this is, this is again, something I learned from the mentors that I hired, right? They would say, so I, what I, what I, this is how I do every single, every single year. It, pretty much rinse and repeat. So I'd make, uh, at the beginning of the year, I'd make a yearly goal, right? It, whatever my yearly goals are. And then I would divide those into, okay, how, you, you have to work backwards, right? So what do I have to do every single month? What do I have to do in January, February, March, all the way to December? What do I have to do? What do I have to hit in order to hit, in order to achieve that goal, okay? And then I dig into, now I'm, I'm in January. Okay, what do I have to do every single week, right? And I would do that at the beginning of every month. Uh, every month. So in 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 in, uh, in February, I'd look at okay, what do I have to do the next four weeks, right? And I'd make sure that they're consistently hitting the goals for that I've set for the whole year. And then then I would dig into the week, right? So in in the beginning of every week on Sunday night, I plan Monday all the way to Saturday, right, all the way to Sunday. And then every night for ten takes me ten minutes, right? I plan what I'm going to do the next day. So. Everything that I'm doing today has already been planned last night, right? So you you can't mess with my schedule. You can't call me and say, hey, let's go and get lunch. Sorry, it's not in my schedule, right? Um, so I, you know, and, and I, I, I break it down to the T. Like, I'm going to wake up this time. I'm going to have breakfast this time. I'm going to be at the office this time. I'm going to do this, this, and this in the office. And it should take me no more than this. And I'm going to go to this podcast at 1. I should arrive there at 1245. And in order to arrive there at 1245, I have to leave at this time. So like everything is scheduled, right? And when you have that schedule, when you wake up the next day, you're not questioning yourself. You're not sitting on Instagram, you know, using your phone, looking at your notifications because you know you have to eat breakfast by this time. If breakfast is at eight and you're scrolling your phone at 7.50, you have 10 minutes to get it, get ready and go. So right now it's become easy, right? And uh, I, I forgot where I read this, but they said for every 10 minutes you spend planning, you save like three or five hours, right? You save a lot of time, right? I'm not just going about my day willy-nilly and thinking, okay, I, should, I know I need to get this done. I, I know I need to get this done. And then you, you really don't know where to start, right? There's also, when you plan, 
you can kind of move things around. Oh, I should do this at this time because I'm going to be in this part of town so I can knock both of those out. That's where the saving time comes in because you realize you can actually do more things at certain places, right? So there's flexibility within your schedule. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. You, can, you don't have that if, if you don't plan. Right. So that's part of the discipline. It comes in from planning. Yeah. If you don't plan... You know. What was the president that talked about if you give me a, a four hours to chop down a, 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 a tree, I'll, I'll take the first three Abraham. hours sharpening my whatever Abraham. the tools. Yeah. There's Link, right? Abraham Lincoln, yeah. How do you deal with disappointments? When you set a goal, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? You have this goal, but you fell, you fell short of it or you end up... It doesn't seem like to me you have a procrastination problem, but if at any point in, in time, right, that that had to happen. How do you deal with that? You disappointed. You didn't. You didn't show up. You didn't come through. How do you deal with that moment when you have all of these negative demons on your head? Uh, like when I said, you're saying like when I set a goal and I didn't hit it. Yeah. Or you, like, you 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 promise yourself something, or you say you're gonna do something, and for whatever reason it didn't fall in that time frame, or you just didn't do it. I realized it comes down to two, two things, right? If I did everything I can to get to that goal, it doesn't bother me at all whether I hit it or not. But okay. if I didn't do everything that I said that I was going to do to hit that goal, that's when it starts to bother me. I start becoming like, man, I didn't, I, I, the reason I failed, I didn't do this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, need, I need to do better next time. Okay. But if I did everything I can, it doesn't bother me. Now, now what, have, what have been some pitfall, biggest pitfalls, like financially, to, to get into these businesses, like finding partnerships or... Like financing from the banks, the grants, like we talked about earlier, but like, yeah. how do you get into that? But the thing is, I just, I never asked, I never uh, put it into my plans to ever take out a loan. I just said, okay, what can I do to prevent that from happening? And that was, okay, get a business partner involved. And most of the time that I ever got a business involved, a business partner involved was honestly it was for the fun, right? I, I mm-hmm. kind of got bored doing things on my own. Um, but uh, financially, I think. I think planning helped a lot. Okay. Like, I wasn't just spending my money uh, wherever I wanted to. I kind of, like, especially early on, I knew how much I had to spend in a year in order to still have enough money, and I knew how much I had to work. I knew how much I had to make in order to kind of get to where I want to go. So I never, um, once I started my first business, I never really had a problem with, uh, like, I never been in a point where, I okay, I couldn't pay my bill. You know, I just knew that if I didn't work, if I didn't so do something about it, it's going to get to that point. So I just didn't let it get to that point. Business partnership, right? That's mm-hmm. a that is a hell of a thing, right? Because of the because of the once again the politics of it. Yeah. What, what's your experience so far with business partnership on the business side of it, right? Yeah. Because you have a friend. That's your friend, right? And there's rules and regulations with friendship and family, but then there's rules and regulation of business. Yeah. And some and more likely than not, we fall for these things because. Not because we want to do... How do you deal with that? I think, uh, honestly, I'm still learning, to be honest with you. But I think moving forward, I have a really good idea of what to do. You have to be... The thing is, you have to be very clear with each other on what you're... The way you operate, right? How important is family time? How important is uh, the business? How much time are you going to give to the business? Uh, How much funding are you going to give to the business? And then, essentially, have all that in writing. Like, it... This is not, this is a mistake I've done a few times, right? You gotta have things in writing. You gotta you both have to be on the same page on what you're gonna do. But I think the biggest thing is is uh, the time and funding because a lot of people value family time, right? And a lot of people are like, hey, family time can come later. I need we we need to be working on the business. So you got to make those very now, clear. Now, not a piggyback off that. 
how do you choose a business partner? Because, you know, I've, I've had an instance where my lawyer was like, hey, man, Shante, I know you want to go into the business partnership with this, but are you sure? Because you need to be, you dang near need to be sleeping side by side when you do a partnership. How do you choose your partnerships? Uh, that is still something that I'm learning on uh, of how to choose a business partner. But I think if you can find someone, you, you just have to... S- a big part of it is what if, what do you know about them? What have they done? But I think a big part of it is just talking with each other and, and asking like, hey, look, this is what I need you to do and this is what I'm going to be doing. Are you okay with that? And if they say yes and you're really confident in them, that's probably a good sign that they're a good partner. But uh, to this day, I'm still I'm honestly still learning of how okay. to choose the right business partner. Because yeah, it's definitely hard. And, and some things, you know, a, a big part of having a good business partner too is being able to, to deal with problems really well, like being able to talk it out, not getting uh, not getting too emotional, and just being able to communicate. If they have really good communication, that is a huge help because you can, you at least you understand that eventually if anything does happen, you can come to an agreement. And I think if they don't have that skill, it, it might be a red flag regardless of, whatever they've done. And and one thing I should add to is when uh, one of the first things I tell my business partners is, look, there's going to be times where I'm going to get really angry at something you did. And I'm probably going to curse at you. I'm probably going to yell at you. I'm probably going to do all this. But I want you to know <clears throat> that no matter what, it doesn't mean that I, I never want to work with you again. It doesn't mean that it just, I'm just really frustrated at that time. And I need you to understand that. So you don't take it personal, right? You don't kind of take it and and, and, you know, think that this is never going to work. I made that very clear because there is going to be times where you're going to be very frustrated and you're going to be heated and you're going to things, you're going to say things that you don't, you shouldn't have said, you're going to regret. And I think it's important to let them know ahead of time that look, when this happens, try to just try to make the situation better. Don't, don't, don't make it worse. Yeah. Um, and then if we go back, let's go, let, let's go back to this owl's hot chicken okay. now, all right? Now, I, I, I was hoping that we had a sample of some hot chicken here so they oh, can everybody, man. you know, but you know, <laughs> yeah. never mind. Uh, like, like, how is it now? Is it still that everybody is like, yo, owl's hot chicken now, I gotta go try it, I gotta go try it. Is it still, because I haven't been over there in University Place in a while. I mean, I was just at Costco Business before I came here, mm-hmm. and uh, they they scanned my card, and you know it says Al's Hot Chicken. They're like, "Oh, Al's Hot Chicken!" I can't <laughs> like they said, "I love you guys. I've been there so many times. Like I, you know, I, this is the best restaurant." And then you know, I had the the, the coworker next to uh, said that they haven't been there yet, and that they're probably going to go tonight. So there is still that huge excitement. Um, it's something that has helped us the last. Um, so in winter, it's known restaurants go through a hard time right yeah so for us we were still busy but it did slow down a little bit right and we paused a lot of the marketing because we realized there were so many things we had to fix there's such a huge demand that the current layout we had the current you know trainings that we had they didn't suffice we had to redo everything um and right now we're at the point where we can kind of start kicking things back up so the marketing is kicking back in and uh we're we're seeing we're starting to see the long lines form again you know i'm talking you know down to the street yeah um so it's yeah your raps from the drive through all the way around down the street on uh you, mildred you, i was like <laughs> you know on grand opening it wrapped so it wrapped around our restaurant uh-huh. once uh and then uh, twice actually and then it wrapped around uh so next to us is dairy queen and the ale house so it wrapped around them as wow. well that's incredible and then it goes and then it went down all the way to uh the tcc the yeah, college 19th so it was it was very very hectic I've i'm proud it. of the staff for you know handling it 
Rohan, this has yeah, been no. this has been really fascinating. It's been great to meet you. Um, Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm glad it's you came. Such man. a pleasure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, before we end this, I yes. I want to mention something. Uh, so after I spoke at the Economic Horizons event the, about bringing a program to help uh, young entrepreneurs, the Port of Tacoma um, came to me and said, like, hey, we'd be happy to fund something like this. So right now, there's, we're actually in the works of trying to get the grant, trying to get other um, organizations to fund this. So the And I was just talking to, uh, is it Andrea, right? Andrea, right, uh, yeah. Right before we started the podcast, and she said, you know, there's, there's some, I think there's, this might work. We might be able to bring pro, the program back. So there's some good news to that. And if there is any organization out there that wants to need some funding, the Port of Tacoma does have an application that they can apply for, too. So uh, it's not just for us, right? There's other, there's other. What was the program no for again? Huh? What was the program for again? Uh, the Young Entrepreneurs Academy. It's oh, to okay. help young kids who don't know how to start a business learn how to start a business. Mm. Yeah. That's, That's a, that, I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. We can we can chop it up. Uh, so yeah, once once it's all ready to go, hopefully yeah. it's it's We hope you enjoy making it in the South Sound, the Chambers podcast series. Episodes can be found on the Chambers website www.tacomachamber.org. Look for the link on the homepage and in the top menu. You can listen to Making in the South Sound directly on our website and wherever great podcasts are found. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. We again want to thank Amazon. Their generous commitment makes this series possible. Thank you, and listen for future episodes coming soon.